0: hello and welcome to a special edition of the salt and light hour i'm deacon pedro today we're going to be playing some of our favorite conversations from the spring of 2022 we begin by speaking with katie zulanis of the couple to couple league about natural family planning and about their new fertility science institute and then we meet canadian singer-songwriter andy carey in our second half hour we speak with andrew robison host of the podcast Holy Donors. You got it. It's a show about rich Catholics who made a difference. Maybe you too can become a generous donor. And we end the program today by reconnecting with singer-songwriter and worship leader Chris Bray, who has several new singles this year. Remember that you can listen to all our programs at eslmediaorg podcast and to comment on what you hear or to ask any questions, you can look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also email me, pedro at We begin now with the new Fertility Science Institute. I'm amazed at how very few people have actually heard about natural family planning. I think when most people hear natural family planning, they still think it's all about the rhythm method. But the science has evolved so much since the 60s. In the last decade or so, there have been so many new resources to help couples learn about fertility, and in particular, God's plan for our fertility. And this has been the mission of the Couple to Couple League for the last 50 years. And now they are offering a new online resource, the Fertility Science Institute. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by the executive director of the Couple to Couple League, Katie Zulanas. Katie, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
1: Oh, thank you so much
0: so i think i think i understand the work that you do but can you tell us exactly what the mission is of the couple to couple league
1: sure uh we help couples uh learn how, natural family planning so uh, i guess today we would say fertility awareness based methods so ours is symptothermal thermal um, that we specialize in there's other methods but ours uses uh cross-checking uh for accuracy with both um temperature and other bio, and then other biomarkers like cervical mucus and so forth. So,
0: okay, so you specialize on on one particular method.
1: We do, although our latest um, uh, our latest outreach now is Fertility Science Institute. Fertility Science Institute has a directory on it that's uh, unique in that it's it shows every method of every te- all the teachers that that are good resource trusted resources for teaching uh, whatever method you you need. Also, doctors. Um, you know, a lactation consultants, um, some psychologists and things like that. So it's, uh, it's, that's a more broad approach that whatever method is good for you, we're happy to help you find. Right.
0: It's a more comprehensive approach. Um, but I, I think i I still feel like we need to back up a little bit because there might <laughs> be some people listening, going thermal, what, not what, yeah. and they, they don't know what we're talking about. So what what exactly is natural family planning kind of what falls under that heading? Can you give us unpack it a little bit?
1: Sure. So uh, natural family planning would be, um, a system where you are able to, um, understand your fertility in such a way that you can, um, Space your children and and understand how that works um, by measure you know using biomarkers we would say so biomarkers would be um, temperature so mucus um, you know things like that um, some use hormones hormone testing now is more mm-hmm. uh, is very popular and so by using those and being properly trained. Um, you know, you can approach fertility, not as a disease, but as a beautiful component of who you are. And uh, therefore that's the number one thing that we hear from, from the couples that we train. They're like, how come no one's told us about this? And they literally think that there's something wrong with them because of course that's been the narrative of um, big pharma for 50 years that, you know, you're broke and here we have a pill to fix that. And so uh, it's a different, it's a whole different approach. Um, You know, you recognize your fertility as a gift And something that you, but you cooperate with God and his plan by learning these skills and learning, um, learning about your fertility. So
0: so you're helping the woman get in touch with her own body, her, the cycles and her own fertility. And, and if she's, if it's in a, if it's a couple, then -hmm. you're also, because you're not leaving the man, the man out. So can you explain a little bit about how this approach, which is completely natural and, and I think according to God's plan, is actually good for the couple.
1: Sure. It's, um, uh, some unexpected and beautiful side effects of this are, um, uh, that couples have a, a lesser divorce rate, which we're happy to report. Um, there's been several studies on that because, uh, our joke is if you can talk about mucus, you can talk about anything. So, you know, it really, uh, brings forward, um, there's, uh, an understanding that you have to be open with each other. And it's also based on, um, there's periodic abstinence. So if you choose to, that this isn't this isn't a month when you should have a child, then um, you need to come to terms with the fact that um, you're not going to engage in sexual intercourse together. So then what do you do? You know, like it doesn't, so there's no, so that very often leads to a, a very, very healthy um, psychological profile for people um, um, because they, they it forces them to kind of, um be upfront and deal with issues um right away as they come up and it's also it takes a lot of self-control to to abstain and and that um and to think of another person right to yeah. to, to sacrifice jointly um but that's all good like you uh it's like a boot camp i always call it, for marriage so you're you're constantly like every day it's not so much fun when you have to abstain but you're building up these muscles you know and you're and then we the way that we uh we love our method cuz it's couple to couple so we involve um the husband we suggest perhaps that the husband would um take the temperature record the temperature so wife takes temperature and the husband maybe records it right. well that's good because then the husband um the wife's not the gatekeeper the husband can review the chart right. with the wife and say i know where you are in your cycle right um, And so, so he's participating
0: exactly. Yeah, it's always unintended consequences. Yeah, exactly. Now, the Fertility Science Institute, and I think that couple to couple as well. But but it's not just about planning your family necessarily, or or uh, it's more than that. Can you tell us? I I would say it's fertility care, and there's so many more. Uh, benefits and resources available, not just for couples. Tell us a little bit about who else these resources are for.
1: Sure. Um, I think that uh, those of us who have uh, become involved with the ministry, which is you know, thousands of, of um, couples that have uh, volunteered their time and resources to share this good news are so convicted because what we learn is that it's a good thing. The church has said, not, not the only thing, but it's a good thing. So when you practice national plan planning, it, it leads you into a a, a good lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So for instance uh you know you bring up good points of like fertility science too we're doing a um a lenten um cooking series right now. So it's uh you know how to feast while you're fasting. So it brings you know it's a more integrated approach at the end of the day you end up with um if you want to have good fertility you have to have good uh good nutrition to have a okay. good cycle. And then you have a good nutrition, then your whole family benefits from that, right? Because you're not just going to make a good meal for yourself; you're going to make it for your whole family. So, um, these are some of the beautiful things that we find um, is a whole lifetime. So, theology, of the body—much easier okay. to explain. You know, when you're kind of in that in the mm-hmm. understanding and you're self-sacrificing, you you go, "Why? Why am I doing this?" Well theology of the body then that becomes an opening to talk to you about that so you're absolutely right what we realize with fertility science Institute, it's a multifaceted um and it's a it's a path so we say right you know, um we can get you on the right path you know right
0: and you're not you're not you're also helping couples who are not able to conceive um mm-hmm. To, to conceive. So it's not just about preventing conception, but it's also helping couples to achieve conception.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. We just talked to somebody last week and she was saying, I took it when I was um, engaged, I thought I was totally fine. And then I found out from my chart that I was infertile yeah. because my luteal phase was so small. And she said, I'm so grateful because I would have probably ended up you know, having a lot of problems and that would have been a great heartache to me. And instead I was able to do some nutritional things and stuff yes, and get and it actually, myself and she, to a healthy place.
0: And she was uh-huh. able to conceive. Um, and also, I guess women after, you know, post menopause, I guess that, that okay. it's also part of that. So, 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 so you're, you're able to help women as they transition into that stage of life.
1: Correct. Correct. That's uh, that's a very underserved. Uh,
0: I can imagine
1: market Uh, people talk about it um it's and and so instead if you if you take this approach of valuing fertility, both men and women, you know, and you you, you get involved and you become empowered and you understand it, um, it leads you to a much, much healthier outcomes because um, you're, you know, you're much better able to talk with your doctor. So if there's misunderstandings and, and you know, things, or we have coaches now as part of our Fertility Science Institute, um, we've always had them, now we call them coaches. So you can get on, mm-hmm. do a 20 minute free consultation. They can help you, you know is this a medical issue is this something we can try some nutritional stuff with and they can just you know or do we just need to you know be be someone there on the journey that you just you know says hey this happens sometimes and we're okay like this is not this is not strange you're you're good
0: exactly so no matter where people are on that journey young women as they're starting to get into the that world of fertility and they need Mm -hmm. care uh couples as they get engaged Uh, having children, being able to prevent or achieve pregnancy, Mm -hmm. and even in the older uh, years of life, Mm -hmm. all those resources are available at Mm -hmm. the Fertility Science Institute. Um, Correct. So it doesn't matter where people are. And as you said, people can go and, and there are free consultations or depending on what the issue is or sure. the concern is or the question. So I really right. hope that this is inspiring a lot of our listeners uh, that maybe true. didn't even know this was available. So this is this is okay. great. Katie, thank you so much for the work that you've been doing. And congratulations on the 50th anniversary of Couple to Couple <laughs> League. That's just amazing. Uh, thank you for what you do. And I'm very excited about this new resource. And I hope that uh, our listeners are as well.
1: Okay, well, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much.
0: Katie Zulanas is the executive director of the Couple to Couple League. You can learn about them at ccli.org and you can visit the Fertility Science Institute at fertilityscienceinstitute.org. And here now is Andy Carey with Be Here from his new album, Seasons. You came
2: along as my world crumbled to the ground you gave me a chance Looked beyond Castles and fortune and Fame and you Saved me this dance And oh I'm lucky To feel the warmth Of your smile And oh So happy To taste your grace For a while and Give me the dance Make it last till the end of all time Give me this dream And up to the heavens we'll climb Give me the spark
0: was Andy Carey with Be Here, from his new album, Lights of Broadway. About 18 years ago, we started a Catholic coffee house in Toronto, which ran once a month for several years. And one of our recurring artists was a young man, at the time, by the name of Andy Carey. Andy Carey is a piano player, he's a singer, a songwriter, and since I've known him, he has released three albums. And now he is about to release his fourth, titled Lights of Broadway, that we've been listening to. It is an album that deals with our mortality love grace and it's also a social commentary on our times and so it's been a long time coming and andy's not young anymore but i'm very happy to finally be welcoming andy carey to our program andy welcome to the sultanite hour
3: thanks deacon pedro it's great to be here
0: it is it's great to remember that catholic coffee is hungry for the spirit that was almost 20 years ago
3: I know. And I'm, and I'm sad to say that the Renaissance Cafe, where, where it was uh, held, you know, has closed down. Uh, I don't know if it's a victim of the pandemic or it might have happened earlier, but right. yeah, great memories. Great memories. Yeah,
0: great, great memories. Um, let's back up, though. Um, way before you even knew me, you I, I don't know if I knew this, but you went to you're a St. Michael Choir School graduate. Really?
3: Yes, I I started in grade three at the school and and graduated when there was still grade thirteen. So I'm show, I'm showing my age with uh, with even that. So, admission. so
0: so that to me that's just intriguing. Like I think that all the boys that go to that school are like untouchables. So how was that experience? Like actually being a student at the choir school.
3: Uh, I really I really uh, you know appreciated the the years that I spent there. Um, it was it was such a it's sort of a strange experience because you, you go in in grade three, so you're around seven and you don't really know what else you're missing out on being at the choir school. And you, and you, you enter this rarefied world of yeah. music and Gregorian chant and, and uh, you know singing at mass on Sundays and tours and this kind of thing. And you don't really know what other kids would have experienced at, at different schools in the same time period. And then you kind of emerge, you know, back into the real world when you go to university, and and you you. I just don't think you ever really appreciate at the time just just the level of training you've received and the experiences you've had that are just so unique. Yeah. Um, but what I have to what I have to say in in, in, in context of of this show uh, is just how grateful I am, like to the church and to Monsignor Ronan who who founded the school for you know that that musical training and that and that musical experience because I wouldn't. Whatever I do, it I wouldn't have been able to do it uh, anywhere near as well if I hadn't had that that uh, that training and experience.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And and uh, do you keep in touch with some of the alumni, or do you sing with the alumni's group, or or anything like yeah, that? Yes,
3: so, so I I just sang at Tenebrae, which is a yes. sort of a service that's done during Easter. Um, the founder of the school prepared all these antiphons that go along with readings usually yep. the Wednesday of Holy Week. Yes. So I went back for that at, at, at the Basilica in Toronto. And, um, yeah, there was a, a good turnout of alumni at that. They yeah. also have the grade, 11s uh, and 12s sing sing with us. So it's, it's kind of a, That's, uh, an annual pilgrimage back to the school for that.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, um, obviously it's a Catholic school. I don't know kind of where you were in your Catholic faith growing up. You, you, I don't know if it's relevant to say that you're, I mean, you're a lawyer. So, I mean, yes. you're a musician, but that's not how you make a living. Um, was there a conversion there as to your faith? Or did you manage to sort of stick with the faith all throughout law school and throughout all, all that?
3: Yeah, no, I, I'd say that I stuck with the faith all all through that. I, I think that the, the, the experience at the choir school for me ended up sort of deepening my faith. I mean, mm-hmm. just being immersed in in uh, the music and, and so much liturgy, right? Because we would be singing at funerals, weddings, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're singing every Sunday, sometimes you're doing two or three masses uh, or four masses a week during Easter. So um, I was a little exhausted with choir singing, I have to say, but um, I wasn't uh, I, I didn't, I, I didn't sort of have a, a lapse of, you know, not wanting to, to participate in, in, in church. Right. I just found, right. I, I was still kind of gravitating back to that, that uh, that, that experience and, and sort of stuck with it, you know, since then.
0: Yeah. Now i mentioned the three albums because, and, and I don't know the, the timing, but my sense is that those three albums were 10, 15 years ago, and there was a time that nothing happened. And then all of a sudden we have a new album. So what was that? What's going on there and where, was this album "Lights of Broadway" uh, a compilation of songs that you've been writing all throughout, or was there a dry season for you there?
3: No, there was definitely a dry season. I think occasions, mostly by getting married and, and having children. You know, right. and, yeah. and when you, when, yes. you ha- when you have young kids yeah. and you're trying to write music on the side, my my, my typical music um, writing uh, technique was to sort of sit at a piano and and like a real piano. Uh, and bang out melodies and and sort of do uh, scat vocals on top of it until I kind of came up with a, a framework and then mm-hmm. and then put the lyrics on afterwards. But you can't do that when you've got young kids screaming at you know you yeah. or screaming out and 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 also they want they want they want your time you know when you're when you're uh, when they're up and around and then after hours you, you can't do anything that's going to wake them up. So so mm-hmm. that kind of killed really my my whole songwriting um, vibe. Um, I still did some things on the side, you know, I, uh, I would write songs for, you know, like a baptism or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this kind of thing and, and, and sort of integrated the songs that way, but, um, everything was shelled really until the pandemic. And, and, and then I had some time, more time at home and the kids were older and I, and I just thought, yeah, I had some old songs lying around and, and, uh, and got back into songwriting and, and, um, and, 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 and found myself very happy to be to immerse, immerse back into that process
0: yeah now uh so lights of broadway i'm always intrigued about album titles and i know that's a title song in the in the in on the album so why What's right. where's that all about
3: it's a uh, yeah it's an interesting song um it's it's about it was sort of inspired by a poem you know by um a, a poet named emma lazarus who wrote a poem called the new Colossus. And it's, uh, it's the poem that actually is at the bottom of uh, the Statue of Liberty in New York City, okay. engraved on a plaque there. And um, it's it's a, it's a song, sorry, it's it's a poem that that's, that's uh, um, uh, sort of describes a dream really of, of new Americans coming to the US in, in, and it was written in the 1800s. Um, and so it, it was supposed to evoke the you know, the, the true meaning of, of, uh, uh, of, of liberty, right. And, 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 particularly for, for people, you know, uh, immigrating to the U to the U S in that time. And then in, in, uh, you know, the era of Trump in the era of, uh, you know, the, you know, building a wall between, between the U S and Mexico um, the, you know, the, the, the George Floyd incident with the police, like there was so much, there was so much bad news really coming out of the U S in terms of, you know the American dream and and uh, and and openness to you know, to migration and racial issues I mean these are you know common themes in that time period and sort of out of that came this song which is uh, really about um, you know trying to pursue the trying to pursue the American dream and, and in essentially failing and the lights of Broadway song is 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 about uh, the chorus is really about you know two people sort of saying, um let's go see the lights of broadway for the last time and and say goodbye to the dream mm. we left behind kind of thing so it's it's it sort of it, it came out of that whole world which was almost just before the pandemic but but almost parallel with it for for a while too um sort of the turbulent you know period of really the trump years and uh right. that kind of inspired that song
0: yeah for sure and i and I, and then i i guess that that informs also even though the all the songs are not necessarily on the same theme, but it sort of informs the whole the whole album. Um, all the songs are not out yet. You're going to release the album June 12th, is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's the that's the plan. Yeah, June 12th.
0: And people can find out more uh, on your Bandcamp page and on Spotify and Instagram.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still getting used to the new forms of, <laughs> of distribution of music. Yeah. Um, you know, cuz it's it's changed a lot in the, you know, as you say 15 years since I've since I did my last album when there was actually a physical CD I was I was uh, producing. Uh, so it's just going to be a digital release. Um, okay. but yeah, there yeah, there's songs on Spotify. My old album is actually on Bandcamp right now. Uh but but the new the new album will be released digitally on Bandcamp.
0: Okay, that's good. It's easy. Now, I'm still waiting for my hard copy please, a CD, just print one for me. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm also a dinosaur like you. I still have like all my CDs. And I still listen to CDs, especially in the car. Like a car without a CD player, it's not a car. Um, I'm sure and- they're coming back they're yeah. coming back
3: your, your, your cds coming. will be worth you know like thousands of dollars each i'm sure uh
0: deacon pedro <laughs> i still have all my andy carrie cds somewhere um <laughs> andy it's so good to reconnect with you I, i'm i've always liked your music and and this is classic andy Carey. uh looking forward to hearing the rest of the songs um but thank you for for thank you for coming on and telling us about it and letting us play some of the music uh yeah, yeah. and and, and hopefully so can, great to see you yes and we can get together in person next time okay
3: all right, sounds great, Nick and Pedro.
0: You can listen to Andy Carey's music, as he said, on Spotify. You can follow him on Instagram and also on Bandcamp, Andy Carey, C-A-R-E-Y. Um, but I'll put uh, any of those links on our site so you can find them easily. And if you want to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to our website, slmedia.org podcast. And here now to take us out is Andy Carey with Generation from his new album, Lights of Broadway.
2: This generation is never understood Always stuck between The young and old and the same again We hold on to these moments as they pass But they won't slow down And they'll never last So we look for a new escape Far from this maddening place It's our time now. 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 A sickle fans are climbing up the stairs They're searching room to room for a soul who cares And the new world is losing hands As the night guard sleeps in bed This will be our day And say when we're gone We're the ones who figured out a way to It's our time now 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 We'll sing a song to cheer the world We'll leave our echo in the sky The sky we teach the world to sing along with just a few But if we try, if we try We'll sing a song to cheer the world We'll leave our echo in
0: the sky The sky We're listening to Andy Carey with Generation from his album Lights of Broadway. This is a special best-of edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, part two. I'm Deacon Pedro. You may have heard of some of their stories Catherine Drexel, Babe Ruth, Danny Thomas, rich Catholics who used their wealth to support the church and church projects. The church would not be what she is had it not been for the generosity of these radical donors. And we may think that their lives have nothing to do with ours. We're not millionaires, but maybe we do have more in common with them than we think. Now, there's a new podcast that not only tells their stories, but hopes to inspire you to embrace this kind of radical generosity. The Holy Donors Podcast is created by Petrus Development, and to tell us more, I'm now joined by Andrew Robinson. He's the president of Petrus and one of the hosts of the Holy Donors Podcast. Andrew, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
4: Thank you very much, Deacon Pedro. It is a pleasure. I love talking about Holy Donors. I love your show. And it's just a, a wonderful opportunity to be part of this. Thank you so well, much. Well, it's
0: good to have you here. So so I, I gave a little bit of, a, uh, uh, I guess, description of what the show's about. But in your words, what, what would you say the show is really about?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think your description was pretty spot on. We really want to highlight and showcase individuals throughout history that have used their generosity, used their wealth, used their, their, um, their service. In service of the church and of society. And there's there's so many stories out there. You know, my, my career is in fundraising. That's what I've been doing. I've worked for the church for close to 15 years. And so I meet, you know, radical donors all the time. But going back through history and looking at some of the stories of people like Catherine Drexel, Danny Thomas, Dave Ruth, who you mentioned, and being able to tell their stories about how their generosity changed the world. It's, it's been really exciting for me as you know one of the hosts of the shows and doing the research. Uh, and then the response that we've gotten from people has been really, really pr- pretty fantastic as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about how, how the idea for the show came together. Because I, I mean, I know a little bit about the work of Petra's development. I, I, I didn't know how much of the work involved actually helping fundraise. Um, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about Petrus in a, in, in a bit, but so, so how did the idea for the show come about?
4: Oh gosh. Uh, that's a great question. So I love podcasting first of all, or I love listening to podcasts, I guess I should say. Yeah. So that's passion. Number one is, is podcasting. Um, I love the church. Uh, I've been, you know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a deacon, uh, just like yourself. I tell people I grew up in the sacristy of the church. You know, I was an altar server. I was there for donuts every Sunday. So I love the church. I've I've worked uh, in and around the church my whole professional career, and then I love fundraising. Uh, that's what I've done my whole career is is raise money for great organizations, great causes. And so, with the idea of and 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 then my fourth passion would be history. I'm a history major. Okay. I love I love reading books. I love you know hearing this. So some of my favorite podcasts are history podcasts. So you put all of that. Yeah, that together makes sense.
0: It all makes sense. And
4: you got it. You got to get this space where it's like, all right, how could we talk about all of these things together in a fun way? And that's where the idea for Holy Donors came from.
0: That makes sense. Okay, so I mentioned three of them: Catherine Drexel, Saint Catherine Drexel, Babe Ruth, okay. uh, Danny Thomas. Who who else have you featured, or are you going to feature?
4: Yeah, so those three were are fantastic seasons. Danny Thomas, we started out season one is really great. His story about building St. Jude Children's Research Hospital has. Is very much uh, sort of birthed out of his Catholic faith and his mm-hmm. commitment to generosity, the model of generosity his mother set for him when he was a little boy. Uh, season two was John Raskob, who you, you may not have heard of John Raskob, but he built the Empire State Building. He was okay. the um, he was the campaign manager for Al Smith, the first Catholic presidential okay. candidate. Yes. yes, and then founded the Raskob Foundation, which funds you know millions of dollars in charity every year for Catholic organizations. Season three was Catherine Drexel, um, who I love telling her story. I knew going into it, I knew a little bit about Catherine Drexel. Yeah. You know, I knew she had this connection to schools and uh, this religious order. But hearing about, you know, her discernment process was really fantastic um, and and how she really felt called to this work. Um, season four was George W. Strake, who uh, was a an oil, oil man. They call him a wildcatter in Texas. Okay. Um, he found the Conroe oil fields, became one of the wealthiest. Americans in the 1930s, and then he got a a a visit from an emissary of the Pope, um, Pope Pius XII, and uh, George W. Strake ended up funding the archaeological project that discovered the bones of Saint Peter underneath the Vatican. Yes,
0: that's right. Um,
4: right. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, really fantastic season five, Babe Ruth. uh, You know, kind of a checkered history. We we really debated about you know how do we tell the story of Babe Ruth and how do we true to his you know, his faith, but also, you know, the struggles and challenges he had in his life. Mm-hmm. And that season is airing right now. Really fantastic season. Um, and then I think upcoming, we've got uh, Molly Brown, the unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh, yeah, uh, we've got. Yeah, yeah. Great story there. We've got Tim Scanlon, who uh, helped build, literally build the city of Houston. And then um, venerable Pierre Toussaint is coming up down the road. Really great story about yeah, you know, Pierre Toussaint growing up in slavery in Haiti, Wonderful. moving to New York securing yeah. his freedom. So that yeah, is a, a good lot story.
0: of really yeah. great people. Oh, wow. So, and, and for people who maybe are not too sure about podcasts, uh, it, it, how many episodes per season? Cause you tell the, you tell the sto- sto- whole story throughout the season,
4: correct? That's correct. So each season, so each character is one season and each season lasts four or five. I think in the case of George Shrek, we did six episodes. So every week there's a new episode, Thursdays they post. They're around 20 to 30 minutes in length, and you can hear the whole story in four episodes and okay. uh, really be inspired by their generosity.
0: Okay, great. So so of all of those, is there one story that inspired you the most or one lesson that you learned as a fundraiser from from, from learning their stories?
4: Gosh, man, that's a great question. Um, I, I have a special place in my heart for two of them. I loved all of them, but two of them, Danny Thomas, yeah. who I knew very little about. I knew St. Jude's, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is that he was a, literally a broke, uh, wannabe entertainer with his first daughter on the way. He had $7 in his $7 and 85 cents in his name. He went to church, he gave $7 in the collection, realized he had 85 cents left and a, and a, his daughter was going to be born the next week. He gets a call the next day from Maytag about doing a special commercial for them. Hey, $75 and covers the birth of his daughter. So, you know, that, that really sort of planted in his mind, this idea of when you are, when you follow the call of, of Christ to be generous, to -hmm. help those, God will bless you. And, and so that was a really special one. And then George W. Strake, my dad used to work years and years ago for uh, his son, George Strake Jr. And the Strake Foundation. And so I grew up hearing stories about George W. Strake. So to to dive in and learn about his story and the apostle project and the search for the bones of St. Peter, that was I mean, unbelievable! It's really fantastic.
0: Yeah, that is a fascinating story. Um, so for for people like me, and maybe <laughs> most of our listeners who are not cajillionaires, because I think that that's what that's what we think about when we think about philanthrop philanthropists. Um, right. how can all of us become holy donors?
4: Man, that's a great question, Deacon. Um, that example of of Danny Thomas. Yeah, like I said, he had seven dollars and eighty five cents, and. He, he gives that money away to to God and um, he, actually backing up he was inspired by his mother who prayed for her her son Danny's little brother to be saved and mm-hmm. if God would save him she would beg alms for a year and they were gypsies I mean they were very poor and so that example of her inspired him to practice generosity ultimately you know they founded st Jude's which is amazing and then George W straight wow. you know funded the, the Apostle project but when he was a little boy, he had a job with Western Union. He made $10 and he put two of it in the collection plate every Sunday. So it's not necessarily always about how much you're giving, but it's about how is your heart and are you at living in a place where you practice generosity? And the, the term that we love is radical generosity. Yes, are you yes. giving of yourself your time, your talent, and treasure in a way that you want to honor God through your gifts.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that, that expression to radical generosity. Um, Andrew, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us a little bit. Maybe we've inspired some of our listeners to be a little more radical in, in their giving and and not just financially, but as you said, in their time and their, and their talent as well. Um, thank you for doing what you do. Um, and uh, let's stay in touch because uh, there's some good stuff that you guys are doing. All right. Great.
4: Thank you so much for the opportunity Deacon it has been a pleasure and uh, thanks for having me on the show. God bless you and your yeah, work. Yeah, God well. bless
0: God bless you too and and, and your team. Andrew Robson, he is the president of Petrus Development and one of the hosts of the Holy Donors Podcast. You can learn more and listen to the podcast at holydonors.com. And if you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, just head on to slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now is our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray, with his new single, More Like You.
5: want to know your heart want to feel want to feel its beat want to be so close to you that you are surrounding me i want to know want to know your peace want to feel want to feel it flow want to be that stone you cast to spread a thousand ripples want to where you move, feel what you feel with everything inside of me i know you is real. We wanna see what you see and live like you do? Oh, Jesus, take every part of me so I can be more like You. More like Wanna hear your voice, wanna speak, wanna speak your truth, wanna let your word echo from your lips into the world. Wanna move where you move, feel what you feel with everything inside of me. I know your love is real, wanna see what you see and love like you do. Oh, Jesus, take every part of me so I can like you, more like you, I wanna move where you move, feel what you feel, with everything inside of me, I know your love is real, wanna move where you move, feel what you feel, Side of me, I know your love is real. Wanna see what you see and love like you do, Oh, Jesus. Take a freak out of me so I can be more.
0: That was Chris Bray with his single, More Like You. Now, Chris Bray has been on this program probably more than any other Canadian artist. We last spoke to Chris in October 2020 and learned a little bit about how he was doing at the beginning of the pandemic and about his two web series, All That Catholic Stuff and Living the Way. Since then, Chris has been doing some writing and recording, and we've been listening to some of those recordings. And so to tell us more and to see how he's doing, we're now joined by Chris Bray. Chris, welcome back to the Sultan Light Hour.
4: Oh,
6: thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be back.
0: Yeah, and it's it's weird, Dave. Eh? So 20, October 2020, it seems like it was a long time ago, but that's just really just about a year and a half ago. Uh, this that was that's just like
6: bad. a few, few months ago, just wasn't a few it? Mo- I mean, <laughs> this, like, the, the
0: last two years have been a blur, really. Yeah, how? it's true. Uh, how was last year for you? Are you? Are you? When did you start doing uh, shows again?
6: Uh, last year, last yeah. year was weird. It was an awkward year. Um, like now, I feel like we're kind of in a place where things are pretty much open. Churches yeah. are starting to getting back into the regular routines of things and events and stuff. But last year was weird because it was sort of like a hurry up and wait sort of year. You know, it was kind of like, well. We might be able to do this event. So let's hopefully we could plan it and then maybe we we won't be in lockdown or something. You know what I mean? It was just strange. Exactly. Yeah. And um some churches weren't didn't have the ability to to be able to host anything, and uh and other churches did, and with Catholic schools as well. Some schools weren't really open to have people gather. Uh and so it was just weird. It was and it's a transitionary time, and so still live lots of live streaming happening and pre-recorded video talks and stuff like that, but but man I love being in, in in person with people real events there's just there, I know. I'm thankful I'm thankful for live stream the, the technology but it's there's not just the nothing there's no, no comparison no. you know and no. so I've've just been loving this uh, this recent <laughs> season but do where you have been able to
0: I mean, yeah, and I get it. And a lot of people, I'm like you, and a lot of other people have said that to me that there's nothing like being in with with a real, you know, in a real live event with a real audience, um, or in a, with a real group of young people or something. Um, but you, do, do, how much time do you spend when you're writing music? I don't think you and I've ever spoken about kind of like what, what your process is about writing, and and I know that last year and the year before were it was just a good time for people to be creative. Um, mm-hmm. so what was that the same experience for you?
6: Well, I think it was for me, I don't know what other people's experience has been, but for me, it was a bit difficult, um, oh, yeah. because how, wh- what I draw inspiration from and when inspiration usually comes is like when I'm out and meeting people and hearing stories oh, yeah. and, be- okay. and doing things and it spurs thoughts and like yeah. reflections or, you know what I mean? And so when you're just sitting at home every day, um, you you don't have the same kind of opportunity. Um,
0: okay. That's and so, so okay.
6: for, you know, so that for me, that was, it was a bit difficult. Like actually, so you're not,
0: so you're not like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say that you're not praying, but so you, so a lot of your inspiration doesn't come from, you know, some people like journal and they pray and they read a scripture passage yeah. and it inspires them. That's not you.
6: Uh, I would say that, so the initial inspiration, um, doesn't usually come from a time of prayer. Okay. What what it comes from is like, I'm driving in the car and I'll have a thought in my mind or yeah. I'll be, or I'll have had a conversation with one of my kids or like I'll hear a story or a testimony from a friend or something like that and that will spur an idea. And then what I do is I usually take that idea or that thought into prayer and try right. and develop it and reflect on it and, and you know, see if it, it t- turns from a seed form to something bigger. Um, and then, and that's where the craft, you know, the discipline of the craft comes in, right? Where you have to just yeah. be intentional with, scheduling if i don't schedule writing in my calendar it just doesn't happen right Um, yeah because it's usually there's so much like a thousand other things i have to do and writing is um it's i love doing it but i just it just never seems to happen on its own and so then the discipline of just like well how do we develop this into a song you know Mm. and and um and that's the process of it and so for me for me like last year was maybe uh, it was it difficult. It was, I had the opportunity to write lots, but it was a difficult time to feel that inspiration, and so it just kind of made it more difficult, I, I guess, in, so, in a sense.
0: So, the three songs we've heard two of them Strong and mm. More Like You, and we're going to end the show with What Can He Do. Did, did they were they inspired then by stuff that was happening with your family or where you were in your heart? Yeah, yeah,
6: uh, well, all of, all of them come from just you know, real life experience my own journey. Right. And, and so, you know, like like the song, um, strong, for example, you know, it's, it's my newest release and, Mm -hmm. and just like that passage in in scripture, right. And, and where like, you know, we, it's through your weakness that my strength will be made known Mm -hmm. that whole concept of like, God can even use our weakness and our brokenness to demonstrate his power and his ability. And just like, Sort of the relief of that, like, even mm. though we might feel like we're just being like totally like just conquered and, and totally just beaten down, like, when, but if we still have our heart oriented towards God is like, you know what, he can still use that all of the perceived failures and our perceived inadequacies and our weaknesses, he can turn those and, and show and demonstrate his greatness and his power and his glory through all that. Mm. And so there's kind of a relief, right. in, in recognizing that, um, that his grace is sufficient. And, uh, and uh, we just, we just need to trust in that uh, and rely on him and lean in him. And so, you know, all the, all these songs, they yeah. sort of come from those, those moments it's- in life
0: yeah and that that's a good just that one is a good example of a good lesson from last the last two years i mean i think a lot of us had to had to come to realize that god's in control um and and uh, i i don't need to be (laughs) you know yeah yeah for sure um i think it's it's the new thing where artists are releasing singles and not necessarily working on albums is it your hope that these songs and maybe others will end up in an album or is that a thing of the past for you?
6: I don't honestly, I don't know because the industry is changing. It was changing five years ago and it's still changing today. And um, the way that we consume music uh, nowadays, most people it's not albums, it's singles. It's whatever's on the playlist. And uh, I'm guilty of that too. Like very rarely will I sit and just listen to a whole album um, and the other reality too, is most of, uh, most of the albums that I, I move are, are sell are from events in person, mm-hmm. you know, not a whole lot of people are buying, uh, physical copies of CDs anymore, uh, through the internet, uh, and with all the streaming services we have and all that sort of thing. Right. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to be responsible and, and like, I want to be able to put out as much music as I can. And I also want to be able to deliver it in a way that people are going to find it and mm-hmm. benefit from it the most. Uh, and so I do hope that I can put all these singles onto an album at some point. I just don't know when that'll be, um, to be honest. And, yeah. And, and you're right. It might
0: not be necessary. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's true. And and you're right. I mean, people know where to find the music. It's 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 streaming everywhere. And and you're mm-hmm. also very good at putting out videos. Did you have videos for all three of songs already? yeah your yeah, videos I'm are cart- really good
6: <laughs> well thank you i'm a cartoon in one of them so there's that <laughs> oh i haven't seen that one okay
0: i look forward to that so yeah and and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll let people know where they can find I mean, i guess at your website or through through your social media they can find these you have a youtube channel as well um yeah. um i i i kind of don't want to let i mean i i don't want to let you go we we were talking before the show about world youth day and the anniversary and and, and earlier in the program, I was speaking with Jillian Cantor, who does our parenting segment. And before I recorded with her, we were also talking about World Youth Day. Um, you were there 20 years ago as a teenager.
6: Yeah. Isn't that crazy?
0: It is crazy. Oh. Look at you now, all grown up. Like a, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like my a, goodness. A, a, an evangelizer. <laughs> did that did that experience have any, have any impact in kind of where you've ended up in your life?
6: Yeah, I, I th- I can't say that that experience alone was was one of those moments that was just transformational in my life. I, I think it was one of many. Yeah, uh, because I was I was in a in a season of my life where I was just trying to figure out the whole God thing, trying to wrestle with faith in my own life and making it my own. Um, and but I can tell you that just being surrounded by a million other Catholics and witnessing that. Um, like it's moving, you know, being on your knees in a field in the mud, uh <laughs> during adoration, and with the pope there, and it's just like, like the you, you know, you you're moved by that, you're shaped by that, and God works through all of those things, and so it definitely, it definitely did something in my life. I I remember I didn't walk away from that, cha- you know, completely like I'm, you know, whatever all the sin. I still struggle with all kinds of stuff, right? But I, I do yeah. know that 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 was one of many moments in my life where. Uh, like I, man, I experienced God, and and that was just uh, another step along the journey, and and what uh, a profound one too, you know.
0: So absolutely, yeah. I think a lot yeah. of people will agree with you on that, not just on that particular World Youth Day Toronto 2002, but other other World Youth Days. All right, good. I'm glad to hear that there's more music coming down the pipes, and that we might end up with an album, maybe not, but it doesn't matter because as long as there's music, and we can hear it. Doesn't really yeah. matter. I'm well, still old know, school. I'm still buying CDs just so that you. No, know. that's
6: good. We need people like you to support <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, the the one thing that um, that I've come to realize by releasing just singles is that um, when you release them as an album, you almost you don't do all of the songs justice because every song has a story and it has a journey behind it it's got like interesting you know and and when you release them all at once it's kind of like here they are you know i hope you enjoy Uh, but when you get the when you get the opportunity to like give the attention that's due to each song and to explain it and what inspired it it just i find I, i don't know at least for me like I so I love hearing the backstory and I want to hear the acoustic version and I want to hear them talking about when they were inspired by it. like yeah I I fall in love with a song so much more when I have the opportunity to do that in a way that if I just hear right um some other artists you know yeah, Chris yeah. Colin or Matt Mars somebody I, I maybe wouldn't like think as highly of the song or be moved by it yeah. so there's that
0: no that's a good point thank you so mm-hmm. and and I'm sure people can get all that information at your website um if they want yeah. to know the backstories of all the songs and watch the videos Chris' we're Going to leave it there but thank you it's so good to see you and 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 reconnect and uh i, I know i'm gonna see you again so till then uh, enjoy enjoy the summer and and we'll be in touch okay god bless
6: uh, yeah god bless you thank you
0: you can learn more about chris bray purchase his music book him for your next event find out all the backstories to all the songs at his website chrisbraymusic.com And of course, you can find him on all streaming and social media platforms. If you missed any part of this interview, head on over to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. All our programs are archived there. And here now to take us out is Chris Bray with his single, What Can He Do?
5: I lay down and wonder, how can you use me? Looking at all.
0: We're listening to Chris Bray with his single, What Can He Do? And that will take us to the end of this special, best of edition of the Salton Light Hour. Remember to check us out at SLMedia.org. That's where you can listen to all our Salton Light Hour programs and watch all our other programs, videos, TV series, documentaries, and read our blog. That's also where you can find out everything else about Salton Light Media and how you can support our ministry. That's SLMedia.org. And you can send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or email me, pedro, at SLMedia.org. I respond to every email I get, promise. I'm Deacon Pedro. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Sultanite Hour.